welcome to the Build Business Acumen podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Skula. It's really lovely to see you again, Angela. And today, you're going to tell me how to build a community of fiercely loyal fans, people that just take action, right? I think that, well, good morning to you, and it is lovely to see you, and I am so excited about this new year. I think community, like everything else, like network, has become a buzzword, and so I think it's important to understand at the core of community. So if you take community offline, I grew up in a town of 641 people, and we were a community, and the key factor in any community, no matter what size, is the level of contribution that each member not only has, but feels responsible for. It feels when you're in a community that matters to you, that you want to be a part of, contribution is a non-negotiable because you understand that every member in that community has a gift that is needed by another and that the idea of withholding that gift of withholding everything that you are towards something bigger is it doesn't exist and so you never take for granted anyone else in the community and you never take for granted your role in that community and that's really different than a network which is just a body of people that potentially are like-minded but they don't have the same level of commitment where they're just they're just they they are a part of something but they don't necessarily have that deep you know dna level driven idea that they must com- contribute so what do you think so you can see me looking up at the sky there <laughs> i have this really bad habit i mean people aren't watching this thankfully um <laughs> Because I just have this bad habit of just sort of looking up uh, when I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting what you're just saying. I think think from a personal standpoint, I think it depends on actually the cause that Mm. that you're focusing on. I mean, for me as an individual, yeah, since my network became really strong, yeah, right, which is literally the past couple months, I've been focusing on just working out who on earth in that network yet yeah, will help me to yeah. create content, right? That's yeah. the most important thing. Help yeah. me to share that content and deliver massive value when I interview them, right? So yeah. that's my purpose is sharing that content with people yeah. to make yeah. their lives better, okay? So that's my, that's my actual purpose with that content, yeah? So for me as an individual, I think I actually fit into what you're talking about quite nicely. Problem is most people, their, 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 their actual networks are shallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and they have not communicated their value to people. I mean, right. I know you and I know you've yeah. built communities that are so big like millions of of kids right have have done things do you want to talk a bit about that and explain what they've done and how you did it and this sort of stuff i do and i i think that 
it goes back to, again, I go back to the web is very similar to a small town. Even though the people think that the web is this gigantic, you know, faceless, nameless place, it operates under what I call small town rules. And so small town rules are you acknowledge everyone, you never underestimate anyone, you always recognize whether you're, they're your best friend or your neighbor, you treat people, truly treat people neighborly. And you, again, I go back to this, this obsession of mine is contribution. So I use the example of a barbecue. Like if you enter a new true community, people welcome you and they don't expect you to bring a covered dish. They don't expect you to contribute. But there's an unwritten rule that if you come to that barbecue every weekend and then you eat everyone else's goods, everyone else's value that they put time and energy and care into, you will be ostracized emotionally from that community. And so I think the core of building is understanding that there is an open invitation to your barbecue, that you share your value and say, this is what I have, this is what I'm putting on the table. If you're interested, come taste it. There's no expectation of reciprocity. But if you sit at the table and you want to stay at the table often, you need to share your covered dish too. I promise it will not be judged, but you can't leave it covered. You have to uncover it and you have to share where it came from and how you created it so other people can, can be nourished by it. And then all of a sudden you start owning. Like there was a lady in my town that made the best potato salad. It was really like incredible. No one would even dare to replicate potato salad that Dana that you know Dana made because it was her thing so people start creating identities around what they contribute and even when Dana was sick she pre-made potato salad for the neighborhood barbecue because she knew it would be missed and I think that's the core that is slightly different from a network a network is a body of people that surround you and build you and grow with you and you can learn from and be inspired by, but not necessarily do you belong there. You're a part of it, but that's different than true belonging where you're missed. What do you think? You want to push back? Do you want to argue that? No, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with, with any of that, but I, want, I think people listening to this want to know why they should listen to you. Ah. And, and, and I, I want to reaffirm that they're listening to you for the right reasons. Yeah. Not just because they know who else has been on my show. Right. Because right. I know that you've done amazing things with millions <laughs> of children. Yeah. yeah. Like you've, you've, you created a movement, didn't you? Which yeah. was the, the you matter movement. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. attracted IBM to you. And it and it and it created huge change, right? So, yes. what what what? How many how many kids were involved with that? And what actually like what happened? Yeah. So I have been living and embodying the message of mattering for as long as I can remember, articulating it in the way that I I did in a talk that I did for TED. I had to tighten it up, like. When you look at, you have 17 minutes to get people's attention to change the world. 
I thought long and hard and I thought like, it isn't someone else's idea that changes the world. It's awakening what people already know and have that changes the world. So they come to the world, their full selves. So it's a really simple concept. If people understand they matter and they understand they have value and know what that value is and that that is needed by someone else, which is the driver of human behavior, everything changes. And I, I would say I was directing the message of mattering to kids, but realized very quickly kids believe that they matter. They know they are born to make an impact. They enter the world un until an adult in their life tells them that who they are and what they have is not enough, doesn't fit in this box. Every five-year-old that I know runs to school and is ready to contribute. They don't need to be prodded, they don't need to be pushed, they don't need to be convinced. They understand that they have something that you need, whether they believe they're a dinosaur expert or a dancer or an artist, they are bursting to show and tell. And not because they're trying to brag or outdo, because they can't stand the fact that if they know or have something that they could give to you, they will not withhold it. They will burst inside before they hold it out, before they hold it in. So based on that core DNA level knowledge, people rallied around that. I gave them a mirror to themselves. And so kids mostly rallied in the tens of thousands and demanded that they matter. And they understood that they were recognized for their power as not kids, but individuals who could contribute to the betterment of someone's life in the world. And that movement, the biggest change that it sparked beyond just individual kids, and it's a lot of them, like in a year they launched, oh my gosh, 176 social enterprises. They passed 17 laws. They moved forward change in 60 countries. So, but beyond that individual, they changed a structure in schools that needed to be changed. So companies like IBM, companies like Google, companies that I worked with, that I interviewed, the way they kept talent, the way they recruited talent was they got out of the way of the genius that they hired. And like Google most famously said, one day a week or 20% of the time, you can use your genius for the betterment of our company in the world. So I created that same structure in schools called Genius Hour. So convincing adults and kids' lives for one hour to literally get out of the way and see what happens. And now we estimate that Genius Hour is happening in about 68 countries with over a million active students every week in school. And that's important. It's not separate from their education. It is their education using their genius to change the world and, and running the school because of it. So that obviously spilled over into adults. Go ahead. So what are the type of things that they've been doing at school in this, in this genius yep. hour? So this is a once a week thing or once a day? Once a week. Okay. I would love it once a day. It's okay. once a week. Every yep. school does it a little differently to get something made. Sorry, sorry. In, yeah. in how many schools? 
we think it's in about 68,000 classrooms. So just from our, in general estimates, in over 60 countries. So it's pretty incredible because it was through networks of teachers and networks of schools that I had built up over working with schools for 25 years and the ability of social media to spread how that could work in schools. I know it's amazing. If you think of how many, even more miraculous though, than what the kids are doing, and this is where the adults came, then the, it started, the attention of it came through projects that kids were doing. And huh. then kids started discovering their essentialness because I think projects are a temporary sort of high where even if the project gets notoriety, I mean, there's some profound projects. There was a second grade class where um, uh, one of their classmates lost her arm and the kids 3D printed a freaking arm. They free 3D printed an arm. There's an 11 year old that is on opening her fifth orphanage in Ghana. So the ports, yes, the projects are profound. There's a first grade class that raised money to build a library for kids when they when they found out. So it is spectacular what kids are capable of, passing laws in states that legislators couldn't pass. But more importantly, a different breed of students emerged, thousands of them, that said, you know what, I don't have a cause that I'm really like. Some of the kids were really convicted that, you know, I want to fight cancer or I want to I wanna go up against this or I want to, you know, build a playground in my community. And other kids were like, none of that can happen if people don't believe they matter. I want to ensure that everyone in my community, whether it is veterans or whether it is the elderly or whether it is people sick in the hospital or whether it is their classmates, where suicide, depression, and anxiety are rampant, pandemic. So they set up things like hotlines in their schools, safe rooms in their schools, um, places where they would, like several of the, the kids created a spot like a bench or a lunch table where kids would never have to eat alone or be alone. Loneliness is pandemic. Anxiety is pandemic. And I'm getting calls from elementary schools where suicide is a, is a thing that fifth graders think about. Like that's horrific. So this body of what they, they called themselves the Choose to Matter ambassadors, they self-organize and they move forward change in the city. And it started with 29 kids. And now we have over 2,000 Choose to Matter ambassadors that work with organizations in their city and um, school organizations, government organizations, medical organizations, and move forward local change, and then I share it at the global level. Like one of the cities, because of the kids, the mayor declared the city the first entire city that chooses to matter. So I, it's, it's profound, inspiring. It's like being a part of a miracle. <laughs> Amazing. Really, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. just to give everyone a scale of this, yeah, if – if those classes, right, I just did a, that a few minutes ago, I just did a little calculation. If those classes that you talked about, 60, how many? 60,000? 
about six, it's in about 68,000 classrooms. So, where it is okay, so, so in, in, if you just put 30 people in a class, which is a bit, actually a bit under, it's an underestimate yeah. really. It's probably 50 actually on average, I would, or 40 probably. Yeah. If you did 30, that's over 2 million children who are spending an hour a week doing something at that school to help the community and that community can be within the school or it can be a project or it can whatever right but it this does not take into account the adults that those children encourage and also it doesn't take into account in 10 years time, 20 years time, what this movement is going to achieve and what it's going to look like, right? Because it's inspirational. This is, this is something that it's not about how to build a community, a fiercely loyal community. This, 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 this podcast isn't about that. This podcast is actually about how to create change. It's not about, it's, it's lasting change in, in society by leveraging a community that is, the right community to what would you propagate you propagate it collective genius because that's what it is people misunderstand and misrepresent the true definition of genius they think it is a dna anomaly when average is actually the anomaly we have adopted average and created identities entire institutions based on above and below average because genius is too hard to control. It doesn't fit in a box. So we have literally schooled and educated genius out of individuals. And collectively, we spend trillions of dollars trying to liberate it from the world and workforce because every five-year-old not only understands that they have something someone else needs, but they understand how to articulate it. They are walking, talking personal brands with humility, not hubris, with integrity and with a fierce commitment towards something bigger than forwarding their own good. And so it's just basically trying to get society to get back to their five-year-old selves (laughs) when they fiercely knew who they were and why they existed and not for their own purpose. And then the next key to that is leveraging collective genius. So when I work with kids or grownups, I don't count the ages, the genders, the grades. I look at the number of people in the room. So let's say it's a thousand our largest event was 6,500 K-12 kids. So it's a time limit. And I say we have 24 hours together and we have a thousand of us. And if everyone contributed their best, fiercest self, no holding back, no hesitating, complete courage and bravery, what could we accomplish together? And the methodology in which we ignite change, instead of having individuals follow their passion and heart, we ask them to follow heartbreak. So if you say, Nathaniel, what matters to you? Well, it could be producing content. That matters to me. So the rub is you could get all wrapped up in producing your content and and getting yourself a top podcast and all of that. 
and find success, but not necessarily fulfillment and significance. But if I said, what breaks your heart about the content that exists right now or the way people access it, and you drive your actions and use your passion to fill and mend that heartbreak, now you're in a whole different place. You're producing content for a whole different reason. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm producing content for already yep. because yep. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I'm my own biggest fan, right? Who isn't? Yeah? You have to be. But you have to understand your worth. The problem is most content is rubbish. Yeah, I'm not joking. Most of it is yeah. junk. Like you, you listen to a podcast and just trying to sell you something every five minutes. Yeah, and it's, and it's rubbish. Yeah? yeah, you're not going to learn anything from most of these exactly. podcasts. Yeah, you're going to spend an hour listening to something that you could have actually talked to one of your friends and said, hey, can you help me learn something about this? And they say, oh, yeah, all you need to do is this, this, this and this. Yeah, right. And that makes me tick. Yeah. yeah. But what else makes me tick is actually giving this content away. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So that I can change someone's life. That's right? right. That what matters you- to me. Like the other day I was talking to yeah. this guy. Right. And he and he was just like, basically, I go to church. Right. I don't care. Who yeah. knows? I'm not bothered. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm, I don't push it on anyone. It's my right. business. Yeah. It's, a part of- it's my business. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't yeah. make any difference to to you know i'm not going to say more about it apart from met this chap and he's got these massive tattoos on his neck yeah Yeah. and he's a big guy you can see that he's he's a big guy and he's got this intense look on his face and this huge beard yeah and and we went and had a drink with him afterwards and he's the loveliest guy and he was actually quite religious and stuff and the sermon was all about faith yeah and whether you believe in god or you don't believe in god yeah if you don't have faith right yeah then you're losing something you must have faith in something yeah like everyone has faith in something exactly exactly so so what i was saying was he basically he got like a hundred he got 200 pounds from the government he's not you know he's 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 broke right he's homeless he's sleeping in a hostel blah, blah blah and i said dude i said in hackney right with your tattoo on your neck and your beard, like you, you, you could run a bar, like yes. chicks would just oh, like, just yes. die for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, yes. and, and, and the thing is, he said, look, I'm in a bad place right now. I said, look, it's, it don't worry. It, it'll all be absolutely fine. Yeah. And it was, and it was sometimes though, what's really interesting is, is that if you get into that place, you cannot see the genius that you, you, you lose it. And, and what I love about your movement is, is it actually is bringing those children to see their own genius. And then what will happen is, this is what, what will happen. They will give other people the knowledge of their own, because they'll say, oh, you're amazing at that. Like, I spoke to my daughter the other week, right? And I was on episode five of my podcast. Yeah. Yeah, before you should interview, you need to interview, not should, you must interview her. Not right now, but I will do. But, okay. but I was on to episode number five, right? And, and, and I said, look, Maya, I'm in iTunes. And she said, Daddy, Daddy, are you famous? And I said, I said no, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like, and then I was like, that's a bit of a weird, that's weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's just, the, the, what's so amazing is now is that we've all become the media, yeah? And in yeah. some way, shape or form, we've become the media, yeah? And, yeah. 
and and what's what I think is going to be amazing is when all of these people who are involved with your movement grow up to the age where they're actually allowed to use the internet and they're actually allowed to talk on the internet yes. it will just blow up even more oh. you'll have millions of people using that hashtag yeah. And 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 because I know you've had massive results, like you've been to governmental meetings. Didn't you go? Yeah. Did you go to Scotland in the end? I went to Scotland. I've been to Dubai. I've been all just worked, working with the ministries to try to help them set up Genius Hour in Scotland, in Australia, everywhere, so that they understand. It isn't about giving kids the hour. It's about getting adults to get out of kids' way in the hour. And understand that adults need to learn from these kids. So the most frustrating thing, I did an event with 256, probably Fortune 100 to Fortune 300 CEOs. So I'm in a room with almost 300 brilliant individuals who have billions of dollars within their companies. If you leverage the collective genius in that room, we were together six hours, the CEOs, nothing got accomplished. Another meeting got scheduled. So it was heart-wrenching. So I told the organizer, I said, this is why I am frustrated working with adults, with companies, because they spend more time thinking about what they should be thinking about. The difference in working, if I had six hours with a group of 300 kids, I don't care what age, there would be an action plan, there would be things done, there would be committees made, there would be websites built. Their default is action. Apathy and, and excuses and every other thing that gets in the way, but at the core of adults, they don't contribute fully because they, they still are operating on that above and below average. They are so worried about staying above average that they forget it is not about their score or their ranking or which company makes more because every company CEO in there wanted whatever strategy, whatever knowledge for their own forwarding instead of looking around. What I love about kids is I've never in all the kids that I've seen and in the last two years, I've seen 32,000 kids live. What I've never once heard from them is what's in it for me what can I get out of this? It is what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then they do it. They may fail. They may have too audacious of a goal, but they will absolutely do it. And adults don't do that. It doesn't matter what company. It doesn't matter how innovative from. I've worked with IBM. I've worked with Microsoft. I've worked with Apple. It doesn't matter how innovative the company wants to be. If their members are not liberated to contribute, nothing is going to happen. How many times have you gone to a company event and last year the same goals were the same as the year before and the year before and nothing is accomplished with this mass amount of money and mass amount of genius, mass amount of talent nothing is done. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it's to do with them thinking they're going to get in trouble for making the wrong decision yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, 
over and above that, right? I did a podcast the other day with Jonathan Chase, who used to be yeah. still Britain's leading hypnotist. Yeah, I yes, mean, yes. Well, I mean, he used to be a stage hypnotist. Yeah, I wow. mean, he can just bang people under just like that. Wow, literally just can like you that. Hypnotize me off Diet Coke. <laughs> oh, no problem. Yes. He can do that. No problem. So, so when I first met him, it was really interesting. Um, he actually called me Nick. And he made me laugh loads and he called me Nick and then he touched me on the arm. Yeah. And it's like a hypnosis. What they yeah. do is when, when, when they say that to you again, you just start laughing. Yes. So yes. The, even if I just think about him calling me Nick, it makes me smile. Right. It's just hilarious. But the thing is, is that what he's big about, yeah, is becoming that nine year old subconscious mind in your head. Yes. Because yes. that's that's what you have in common with him. And when yes. he launches his new podcast show, you should be on his show, right? I because, love that. Because it's about that nine year old in yes. your head, which yes. is the subconscious part of your brain that wants to have fun. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I went through some changes, yeah. And I, and I was like, what are my goals for the year? You know, and I was like, and I was like, and I was thinking, I was thinking, right, what am I going to do about this? And then I was like, no, tools down. I'm going to, I'm going to focus yeah. on three things for the yeah. year. Okay. And I'm going to talk to Jonathan Chase and do a podcast. Yes. And I talked to Jonathan Chase and did a podcast. And since then I have gone from, you know, 80% of my time doing things I hate to yeah. 20% of my time, things I like, and now I'm doing 85 to 90% of things I love, yeah, to yes. 15% of things that I don't like, right? Because everyone has to. You this can't, you can't run away with so, energy, your attitude. This is buzzing, operating. just it's, buzzing. Yes. It's a completely it's different way. Yeah. It's okay. like you are, you are that kid again, and yes. you're doing things that you want yes. to do, right? And that's a, in essence, that's what you're doing. Is your yeah. so that's the pro, the problem is the mindset, yeah, yeah. of the 100%. people, yeah, completely. I get it, right? But you you got to go, right? Because you got to go to I the go in about four five minutes. Okay, so, cool. So we got five. So let me let me yeah. just let me just um, let me just think. What what yeah? What else? So. Give me some tangible things that these kids have done. Come on, give me. Give Let me. me I, I want to just share a tangible thing for your audience because at the core, what I've learned most from kids is not about the projects. It's not. A, it's the underlying core of why they have so much energy, why they are so productive, why they are so fierce, and at the core is worthiness. Our own worthiness is at the core of this. And worthiness is a daily practice. This is not some mumbo jumbo or some kumbaya that if we don't get up every day and understand that what we have and who we are, I'm sorry, who we are, not what we know and what we have and what we have acquired matters to at least one other person. That's what makes you run to work. That's what makes you run to school. At the core of mattering, beyond being noticed and being seen and being heard, is the knowledge that you are needed. The most powerful words in our human world are, I need you. And when you find out what you have that is needed by others, 
you will work 100 hours. You will smile the whole time. You will get up in the middle of back surgery and still think about work because you know that you are needed by someone else. And my charge and my challenge to your community is don't question that you matter. Find out how to matter because you're making mattering is a choice and doing nothing is a choice. So you can't afford to not show up in your full self every day. So find, don't, don't necessarily find what you love right now. Find your value right now and work on that and work on contributing that. And you will get back to your five-year-old self, I guarantee. And, you know, this is more than engagement. This is, this is as critical to your health and well-being as food, water, shelter, and air. And so I will end by saying, Nathaniel, you matter. And I'm so grateful that you are contributing your full self to the world. The world is better because of that. And I'm telling your listeners and your community that they matter. And so I'm I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful to be doing this work. Thank you, Angela. I'm going to say it as well. It's a bit, you matter as well, Angela, and I'll finish off with that. And, you know, it's uh, in England, we're a bit turned off by the American hype, you know, and that's the problem is, is that we've had all these people like Anthony Robbins and everyone else sell us all these massive workshops and this and that. And what's amazing is what you're doing doesn't cost people anything, right? Unless, you know, it doesn't because they can just do it. They just realize that they matter, right? And that's it, right? So... No, I've been working with the parliament in England and we went to the 13 communities hardest hit by Brexit to prove exactly what you said, that this is not warm fuzzy, that this is DNA level activation. And um, the head of the House of Parliament wrote about it. So I'll send that to you. So we, I just uh, traveled with two of the politicians and then he went back and presented what we did to the House of Lords. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.